tales from the Robusto Cigar Bar here in Key West, Florida. Great top-notch cigars and frothy beverages and a few palm trees outside. And hey, if you got the people, you got the cigars, then you've got a few stories to tell. Cigar Stories Unwrapped. That's us. The one thing we know about life is that none of us are getting out of this thing alive. You know, we're all in this together. And so instead of uh, concentrating on our differences, which we all seem to do these days, and our disagreements, our purpose for this brand new podcast, episode one, that's where we're at here today, is that we should spend more time focusing on our shared, what our joys, our, our, our experiences that we have in life together that are good ones. A cigar community can be a great way to unwind and de-stress from the demands of daily life. Look, cigars have been one of the best ways that I've found, and this is me, my, this is like my personal journey here, that bring people from all different strata of life together with a common bond. Hey, welcome to Cigar Stories Unwrapped. That's our podcast title, we're on episode one, where we're gonna try and explore the fascinating world of cigars through the eyes of, well, our, our personal experiences, customers, and their stories. Originally, I wanted to call the show, uh, it's kind of turned into our elevator pitch, but I wanted to call it uh, People Smoking Cigars and Telling Stories. <laughs> a little too long for a podcast title, though. So please join us today right here. We're going to try and launch show number one. A cigar creates an instant brotherhood. I like to call it a brotherhood of the leaf. I heard that from another podcaster, and I really liked it. I'm Paul Hart, your host. Let's get started. Cigar Stories Unwrapped with Paul Hart. Episode, Mark Twain Cigar Tales from Muse to Mischief. What do you like about smoking a uh, cigar? Uh, relax. The flavor, just relax. Do this. I mean, this is just chill. I love it. It's great music. It'll be here. But, uh, yeah, love listening to great music. Smoking a good stove that's well, I don't know what you call it, well kept. Had a few that haven't been. So, yeah, that's what I enjoy the most. Hanging out with my friends. Does a girlfriend or your wife, does she share a cigar with you? I've done it a few times. Have you? I have. Yeah. Here in Key West, that's where we're at today. I'm from the Midwest, the Chicago area, and uh, I'm more than happy to be in Key West. This place is amazing. If you could see out the door, down the street, up in the sky, you'd see a big, beautiful blue sky. You'd see people walking around with smiles on their faces for the most part you know how but what vacations are like but uh, uh, it's uh, a time of year where people want to be in beautiful tropical key west i wanted to start podcast number one right here in one of my favorite places in key west and that's at island cigar factory it's a place called the robusto bar and you can kind of see it in the background this is my robusto co-host today and he's gonna, I don't know, he's gonna do nothing but just be my co-host, my other person looking over my shoulder. But uh, why I like this place is I like the brand of cigars here, I like the people here, I like what they do to help me out when I'm in the store. If I come to this town, there's a few cigar stores, there's quite a few cigar stores in town, but this is the one I've found that I like the best. The owner, the workers, uh, just the general taste and flavor of the cigars I like here. It's my personal preference. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
There's one concept that cigar lovers really embrace, it's moderation. People don't generally smoke cigars uh, like a cigarette, where you may have one and have one a little while later. A cigar is a special occasion, it's something to sit down and relax with, enjoy some time, think on your own. Like I said, relax. Or if you're with friends, you're with like-minded people, people that like a good cigar, and you have that common thing. I've got a Toro going here, which I really like. It's a dark wrapper, it's got a nice rich body to it. It's a good cigar for me. A cigar not, is not like a cigarette. You know, you don't inhale it, you, you puff on it, and it's meant to be relaxing. And this is all true for most people. Except for one man, Mark Twain. I have to tell you a little bit about Mark Twain. Uh, it's not that all these stories I want to tell you are about Mark Twain, but here's a guy who when he was a late teen and uh, he was uh, early 20s, he lived in Hannibal, Missouri, and his name wasn't Mark Twain at the time, it was Samuel Clemens. And Samuel Clemens was a guy who lived in the river, Mississippi River, he saw the riverboats go by, and not only did he see the riverboats go by, he realized that the technology was brand new, steam power. Not just trains, but for him it was the steamships, the paddle wheelers would come by. Everyone raced to the riverside in Hannibal, Missouri, and they realized this is something special. There's a boat that's going upstream, and nobody's paddling this thing. <laughs> He was entranced by uh, steam power. And when he got to his very late teens and his early 20s, he took a job on a steamship. And it wasn't just because it was a cool thing to do for back then. He loved the new technology. He loved the adventures he might find going up and down the Mississippi River. He did. He met people from all different levels, from higher-ups and companies to the bottom people who work extremely hard for a living. And he found a very commonness between them all and a lot of them all smoke cigars. It's, it's not the only reason why he did this. But today I want to tell you about this really uh, this interesting story about Samuel Clemens. They had this long pole on the steamship, on the paddle wheeler, and it was long. It was a picture of a long bamboo pole about 30 feet long, and at each, uh, there was a marking at each foot. It'd be one foot and a mark, a tar mark. Uh, another foot and a tar mark, and another foot and then a tar mark, until it went up to maybe, uh, maybe 35, 40 feet. And the deal was that the river was constantly changing. Every time the boat would go downstream, there'd been a storm, there'd been something that had happened, and the river might, where it used to be very deep, was now very shallow. So the pilot, the captain of the boat, would quite often anchor or stop the engines, and he would yell out to uh, Samuel Clemens, I need you to mark the depth of the river. So he'd take this long pole, he'd go out, and he'd stick it in the water, and he'd watch the one foot, two foot, three foot, four foot disappear. And he'd yell out, what's the mark of the river? How, what's the depth? And then Samuel would, young Samuel would yell back, okay, he saw that went down four feet. It's mark four, mark four on the river. Mark All right, four, so the captain. captain knew he was dangerously close to grounding, so he steered in the other direction and moved off. Or, you know, mark 20 if it was really deep. But on those rare occasions where you don't want to run your boat aground, you know, and sometimes things like this did happen, he would send uh, Samuel out with his with the pole, and he'd stick it down into the river. What's the mark, Samuel? Captain, Mark Twain. That's where we're at right now. And if it didn't go down even a foot, it was an emergency. And he would tell Mark Twain, Mark Twain. Right, that's where we're at right now. In other words, there is no water in between the boat. Very little water. 
and the bottom of the river. So there's nothing between, <laughs> nothing between except you know, a little splash of water. So they had run aground. Well, that was almost like a technology term back then, Mark Twain, you know, like computer chip, maybe much later. And uh, so Mark Twain was a pen name that came from his riverboat days. Probably a more accurate version of the story was that Samuel Clemens was the pilot of a riverboat. He used the term Mark Twain as his pen name because it was a measurement of depth of the water. Two fathoms or 12 feet equaled Mark Twain, and that was a safe depth for a paddle wheel boat for navigation. Samuel Clemens, when he became a writer, not much after, soon after that, adopted the writing name, the pseudonym, Mark Twain. It was just one of those cool kind of technology words. So Mark Twain, there you go. And there he became that famous writer. Well, a good cigar makes everything great, right? Yeah. So we like to enjoy, we like to work hard, we like to play hard. We're here on vacation, the beautiful keys. The first thing we did was walk down the block and we see this incredible cigar bar. We sit down and all of a sudden we're transported into a relaxed environment where you could feel like a gentleman hanging out, enjoying some good times with your buddy, having some great conversation, having a great cigar, just makes everything feel right. <laughs> So, just as a reminder, we're in the Robusto Bar, a division of Island Cigar Factory, right here in Key West at the, the flashing yellow lights where you're going to find the best coldest beer, some, a good glass of wine, some nice nightly entertainment, uh, meaning some great musicians out there playing instruments, good guys, and a great cigar. Who could ask for more? I want to tell you another quick one about Mark Twain. This one really has to do something with cigars. Uh, Mark Twain had become an established author. He had written The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. He'd written The Adventures of uh, Tom Sawyer. He was very well known. This is around the 1870s through the 1880s, around that time frame. But uh, people recognized him for who he was. He came in uh, to a group of friends, about 11 friends, much like him, very similar in taste. And Mark Twain uh, was quite often invited to dinner at their houses. So here's guys of equal caliber, they were captains of business or captains of this and that, and he found himself one of this group of people. It was like a rat pack of the 1880s. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Mark Twain went to, uh, was invited to dinner with his 11 friends at this one gentleman's house. I don't know his name, who it was. And uh, he He went to a dinner, and they had a very nice dinner from what I've read. And after dinner, they were served cognac. I guess that was the thing back in. Then you had some cognac. And then everyone was offered a cigar. And he came around with this cigar case and opened it up. Now, let me tell you something about Mark Twain. He was known, he was notorious for smoking all day long. He'd get up and have a cigar. He'd smoke all the way until bedtime. But what people knew about him was he bought what they called back then a 10-cent cigar, which was not a very good cigar. He just liked the smoking part of it. And of course, that goes against what I said when I opened the show. So he was a habitual smoker of cigars, and they weren't very good. I don't know what happened when he smoked these cigars, but they didn't have that great <laughs> scent. <laughs> they didn't have that great flavor, but he just... I think he was in love with the idea of smoking something. It, it inspired him in some way, especially to write. So after dinner, Mark Twain and his friends went outside of his friend's house to enjoy their cigars and just talk and walk around in the backyard. And 
Mark Twain noticed this was not one of his cigars. This wasn't a 10 cent cigar. This cigar had flavor to it, just like this one does here from the cigar factory. Uh, it had this robust kind of flavor to it. It had a good smell to the smoke. So he was really entranced by the cigar. And while his friends were busy, Mark Twain sneaked into the study where his friend kept all his cigars and he grabbed a handful. He grabbed exactly 12 of these cigars, these tasteful, flavorful cigars that he wasn't used to because he smoked the cheap ones. And he put them in his pocket. The people used to wear big vest coats back then. And he sneaked them home. Okay, so let's just jump forward to the next day. The next day, Mark Twain is sitting back at his house. He pulls these cigars out from his vest. Wonderful smelling cigars, these wonderful, you could, you could sniff just the wrapper and it smells good. And he took an old cigar box in, in a pen, or charcoal I should say, he took and he wrote, my favorites. And then he took the ring off the cigar and he filled this box up with these stolen cigars. Now, this, these were just, they were being characters, they weren't being thieves, but this is how things were back then uh, with, with his group of friends. Let's jump forward now to another month. Now Mark Twain is having a dinner party. He invites these same 11 guys back and they go through the same routine. He serves them a fine dinner. They have some cognac after dinner. And then of course, everybody knows, eh, he's gonna pull out these cheap 10 cent cigars. Well, they all knew he served these bad cigars. So when he brought out the box of expensive, nice cigars that he had literally ripped off from his front, he said, okay, take a cigar, please. Have a cigar, have a cigar. Well, they all thought they were gonna have a 10 cent cigar, a cheap one. And so they exited and went out into the lawn and kind of watched them out in the lawn, just let things go, knowing that they'd be surprised by these cigars. So he didn't watch awfully closely. Cut to the final day. The next day, Mark Twain gets up. He gets up, he walks over to uh, uh, outside where his friends had smoked because he hadn't joined them that day. And here's what he sees. On his front lawn, he sees <laughs> 10 cigars mangled. They had taken these cigars and just twisted them and thrown them on the ground. And when he got back inside, there was a sheet of paper and a pencil. And the man whose cigars he had stolen wrote Mark Twain this note. Twain, you should get shot for giving people that kind of nasty cigar to smoke. I will never smoke any of your cigars ever again. And what they had all done is mangled probably a fifty to a hundred dollar cigar. Oh boy, I've been a cigar smoker probably don't tell my mom like twenty five or thirty years I think. <laughs> Just enjoy it. It's a it's a dual wrap, Barber Pole they call it. It's Connecticut, really nice cigar, house brand. Um, smokes well, draws well, great aroma. Take a look at the burn on this cigar. It's just a great cigar. Very good cigar. Well, we come here every time we're down here, my friend and I. It's just got a great atmosphere inside. They're very helpful. Great selection of cigars, some cocktails or um, wine, and, um, and then the, you're sitting on Duval Street watching the world go by. You can't beat it. It's a great spot to smoke and relax. Enjoy Key West in the shade. It's not that I want to talk only about Mark Twain today, but He's been on my mind lately. When I looked up cigars and famous cigar smokers, this guy was, it turned out to be a character. He, he was a character from history. So he had always yearned for a wife and he did find a great wife and he did love her and he did take care of her. And they had a lot of things in common, including they had, well, 
they had children in common, not children in common, but they had children together. So he was living now a different life. It wasn't a bachelor author life. He was living the life of a married man. He was slightly older than his wife. And um, she loved everything about him, and he adored her, and they took care of each other. Well, the only thing that she couldn't tolerate about Mark Twain, her husband, was his cigar habit, because he did get up in the morning, brush his teeth, light up a cigar, and he never put, well, he put it out, but he smoked continually until bedtime. And practically every night when he went to bed, these are things I've read, she would have to go in and pull the cigar out of his mouth because he was still smoking when he fell asleep. And not good, but he survived it. The day finally came where she came to him and said, I can't really tolerate your smoking. Can you, for our marriage, for me, can you give up this habit? And he did love her deeply. He loved her so much that he said right away, yes, I will give this up for you. I will do this for you. It's going to make our life better. So he did. Well, he was commissioned at that time to write a book. He, he was a pretty well-known author at that time, so he was writing something called he was commissioned to write something called Roughing It. And I don't know if this is a book, a pamphlet, a brochure, or I don't know what it was, but it was called Roughing It by Mark Twain. So he had a time frame he had to write this. And he found that because he had stopped smoking, he was having a hard time writing this type of copy. A writer's block. And it took him, I'm going to get this right based on what I read, he wrote six chapters in three weeks. Now, to you and me, that might be a lot, but to an author, that's not very much and he struggled. He had writer's block. He hadn't realized it, but all these years he had used the cigars. He was smoking as kind of like a muse. It was what he needed to generate thought. It was just part of his thought process, or at least he thought it was, but that's where he was at. So the day finally came where he had to tell his wife, honey, I have to go back to smoking my habit of cigars, and I'm going to read this as it was written. So it says, I gave up the fight. I resume my 300 cigars a month. Now, this sounds like a tall tale, but apparently it wasn't. My 300 cigars a month. I set on fire those original six chapters of that book I wrote, Roughing It. I burned them, and I wrote that book in three months without any bother or difficulty. I ordinarily smoke 15 cigars during my five hours of labor each day, and if my interest reaches an enthusiastic point, I smoke more. I smoke with all my might and allow no intervals. That was Mark Twain and cigars. I like the Maduros. Uh, they're a little stronger, spicier cigar. Um, other people like milder cigars. So they come in all shapes and sizes. Uh, and I pick the size of the cigar by how long I have to smoke it and enjoy it. Uh, cigars are a smoke you don't want to rush or hurry. So. They're just very relaxing. You know, the things that bring us together in life, I'm sad, sorry to say, and sad to say, I don't seem to be bringing us together these days anymore. Yeah. I've found something, though. This is me personally, that it seems like everywhere I go, whether it's a cigar shop or go to a cigar lounge, or if I'm invited to a wedding and there's a cigar, I will grab one, I'll go off to the side to have a nice smoke, and I find that someone, like a stranger, might come up to me and just sit, and almost instantly we start talking to one another, and I don't know what his or her background is, I don't know if they're rich, I don't know if they're poor, I don't know if they're a street laborer, or if they're a CEO of a country, of a company, a country, that would be a big person. It doesn't matter what the color of our skin is, we have something in common, and what is that thing in common? We have the brotherhood of 
a cigar. And as my other podcast friend says, it's the brotherhood of the leaf. I like that. So true. And we're equals. So that's what this podcast is meant to be. It's about those cigar stories. After all, like I already told you, Mark Twain, he stole cigars as a prank. And he also, in the other story, used a cigar as a muse for his writing. And it worked for him. Click like if you like our podcast. And also, I'd like you to subscribe if you haven't. Share this to somebody who might like a cigar, a cigar story, because we want to be just a little bit different. We're not here necessarily to talk about these great cigars we're smoking, although we are. I've got a Toro going here, which I really like. It's a dark wrapper. It's got a nice, rich body to it. It's a good cigar for me. And uh, you're going to find us, this podcast, on YouTube and throughout the Apple universe. We'll be on Spotify soon and also a lot of other places. So we'll leave a link in the credits. Thanks for being with us today. I'm Paul Hart. See you next time on Cigar Stories Unwrapped. Cigar Stories Unwrapped was produced by Asaf and Paul. Audio by Charlie Verlaire. Announcer, Willard Jordan. A big thanks to Island Cigar Factory's Robusto Cigar Bar, located in beautiful Key West, Florida, for our first episode location setting. Find us on Facebook. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Find the video version of this show on YouTube. Search YouTube, Cigar Stories Unwrapped. We have another episode coming soon. Please like, subscribe, or share to your cigar friends and communities. Speaking for Cigar Stories Unwrapped, I'm Willard Jordan.